0: Welcome everybody to another live and amplified livecast. I'm your host Tom Quiet and we're back at it again with another amazing podcast. This is our return to Facebook live. We are finally out of Facebook jail. That was a 30-day battle uphill but we are back and we have a very special guest with us. We have Anna Christina Cash. How's it going today Anna?
1: It's going well. Thank you so much for having me. This is really fun.
0: Absolutely. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm really excited to sit down and chat with you learn more about your journey into music and how you got introduced to the cash family and started uh working with them and then ultimately um marrying um johnny cash's only son correct right Only
1: son. yes only
0: son um and so i'm really excited to learn more about you but first thing i want to do is thank you so much for giving us the time to sit down and chat i really appreciate that um can you give us a little bit of uh, background info on you? Like for the people that maybe aren't familiar with your work or don't know who you are, what's kind of your origin story? What got you into music?
1: Sure, so I'm Anna Christina Cash, but artistically for years before I um, married my husband, I was known as Anna Christina just first and middle name, it's my real name. <laughs> I was raised in Miami, Florida and I grew up in a bilingual household. So I grew up speaking both English and Spanish and um, received a lot of my early opportunities in the lot of music industry. So from the age of six to 13, I was in an international television program which was the longest running variety show in history and they had a children's segment. It was called Sabado Gigante. So um, that translate to, translates to Giant Saturday. So a really fun variety show with lots of music, lots of fun. So they had a kids segment and I started working just very early in the entertainment industry in my life, just dealing with producers and camera folks and just being on TV. And, and in the show, I did a series of competitions. So very much like star search. And then they had little segments that were like kids musical numbers. So it was kind of like the Mickey mouse club Mm -hmm. and star search in one, but with this, like, crazy, colorful Latin world kind of thing. <laughs> so yeah, it's it's very um, different from my life now in Nashville. But then um, at the age of 15, I was recording some demos and one of my demos ended up in the hands of an A&R at Sony Music. So I was signed to my first record deal at the age of 15, 16 years old in uh, the Latin music industry again. So my first album was simply Anna Christina and I spell that um just with one N and there's no H in Christina so it's a very like unique kind of spelling. And I got to work with Grammy Award winning producers as a teenager and I was going to school at the same time and working and you know was nominated for a few things, got to do promo tours in Mexico and Latin America and just all this fun stuff and a lot of stuff in Puerto Rico. And um that led to Getting two theme songs in soap operas. So one was called Valetolo. and my first single Am um, Paso Mi amor was the, was the was the main theme for that. And then "Vivan los Niños" (Long Live the Kids), which was like a very fun kids show soap opera. So I had the theme song for that. So then um, parted ways with the label when Sony merged with BMG. So I found myself as an independent artist for years. So I released work on my own and. Um, Yeah, I released work in Miami. I sang at the White House uh, in 2006 for the Hispanic Heritage Week. I was invited by Emilio Estefan, Gloria Estefan's husband. And in 2005, I sang at the Continental Ball at the presidential inauguration. And this is a very long journey, so forgive me if I'm rambling. But oh, then um, <laughs> then I went to journalism school in Florida. I went to Florida International University and I, I and That's reading.
0: in Boca, right? Or well, is that-
1: close actually, not too far. So that's in Broward County, oh. near nearish actually North Miami technically. Okay. North Miami. So close to Aventura that campus was. So I would take breaks and um go to north beach or aventure mall yeah. <laughs> things like that which is not a not a bad scenery actually yeah. very pretty um in the biscayne bay campus of florida international university and then i decided to move to los angeles so i moved to los angeles and i lived in hollywood for two years and that was like a rude awakening for me because i was so different from my, my life and you know even though Miami. People think about South Beach. They think about Miami Vice. They think of Scarface. I lived in a suburban neighborhood. So it was just normal Mm. existence in a suburban, very normal upbringing. Then I just moved to the middle of Hollywood because I didn't know where to move. (laughs) And then it was a little scary sometimes.
0: (laughs) That sounds like the time I decided to move to New Mexico just because I didn't know.
1: Right, (laughs) exactly. You just don't know your kid and you're like, you know, I'll move to Hollywood and I, I would walk, she would pee like on the, like the stars of like the people, like in the, the walk of yeah. fame and stuff. It was weird, but I, I was very, very creative during that time. And then, you know, the last two years I lived there, I lived in West Hollywood, a different area.
0: So, uh, you met your husband in, um, LA started dating, building the relationship and then ended and up in
1: Nashville. Move,
0: yeah. and then you moved to Nashville and, and uh, about when, what, that was back in what what twenty fourteen twenty fifteen something.
1: Mm-hmm. We met in twenty fourteen, I would say, or late thir- late thirteen, early fourteen. Um, we got engaged. I'm trying to think. Yeah, 2015, and got married 2016. Had our baby daughter Grace June Cash that was born in 2017. She she just turned three in September. Mm-hmm. So we're. You know, we just made chicken pot pie and I, we're doing fine. And I have um, three older stepchildren too. And, you know, it's a mm-hmm. nice family. Yeah,
0: that's awesome. So now you're in Nashville, been doing music for quite some time. Um, you just released a new single, um, Meli Kalikimaka. Meli like,
1: Maka." that's perfect. That's okay. perfect.
0: I was sitting here, I was like, Oh, okay. So, uh, which is a cover song. What was it about that song, uh, that made you want to cover it and, uh, uh, release it?
1: So, um, I really felt like I wanted to release a Christmas single. I released a full length Christmas album, a 12 track one called my Christmas collection, 2018. And I felt like I needed something happy again. And I love the Andrew sisters, Harmonies of the recording that um, they did with Bing Crosby, and I wanted to capture that with my own vocals. And also, my daughter Grace June Cash, um, big fan of luau's in Hawaii. She had her birthday was like a little luau because we were fortunate enough to be able to take her last year to Hawaii, and we took her to a luau. Um, And I'm so glad that we were able to because you know the world shut down later, and we haven't been able to go anywhere. And I've been stuck in my house like everyone. Um, (laughs) But um, so I felt. I would, I really wanted to create like nice visual photographs and think of sunny beaches and tropical vacations because I, you know, I'm landlocked in Tennessee and <laughs> can, can do nothing of the sort. And I just, I just really wanted to put out some, some sunshine in there, out there.
0: And kind of remind you of Miami a little bit. Yes. Yeah, so even, even though it's a very that. Hawaiian song.
1: It is, you know, it's, and it's fun. And she, my daughter loves to do the little dance. We added a two bar, like Tahitian drum thing right before the, um, the song started and she loves to dance to it. And I really grew up with tropical Christmases my entire life. Just growing up in Miami, like palm trees everywhere and never got cold enough. And people, um, would make fun of me when I moved to Tennessee because the second it got cold, I was like, you know, now now my blood is, is a little thicker and I can deal with it, but um just the people in miami um so so funny that the second it, it hits 60 they bust out with the biggest oh, coats they have oh, yeah. and their and their ugg boots and like their their wool hats you know yeah. and that's that's the winter over there now i feel like i'm one of those people that poke fun at the miamians
0: yeah my parents actually live in uh south florida they live in oh, they? An hour north of west palm beach
1: okay awesome that's yeah. awesome that's a great area and what's that that's that's an awesome area up there yeah. too, Palm Beach County.
0: Yeah, and actually they're now they're uh, down in the Keys. They like winter in the Keys.
1: I'm very jealous, by the way. Yeah, it's like,
0: <laughs> you winter in the Keys when you already live in South Florida? like Whatever, yeah.
1: Right, yeah. yeah. So it, it's funny, all these little tidbits. And it. it's, it's great that you bring up the Keys because I feel like I spent a lot of my childhood in the Keys. So mm-hmm. the Keys are a huge part of my life. We went almost every other weekend to the keys and would you know stay down there for whatever reason and um you know my dad had a boat at the time and would mm-hmm. drive us around taught me how to fish and you know that was just kind of the you know the fish house i don't know if you're familiar with that over there and
0: yeah, it, Lark- yeah, Lark- yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: but anyway it's it's a lifestyle and it was a great way to grow up i'm i'm so thankful for that time in my life and you know, um, talk about South Florida. So you must know that it's stone crab season when the holidays roll around.
0: Yeah, oh yeah, it's um, <laughs> it's I go down or usually um, well originally I'm from Chicago, and then my parent when I left for school, my parents moved to South Florida because my dad was working in Lauderdale. Yeah. Um, and it was it was very funny because it was like, I was in college, I got an internship in Orlando. And as I'm moving back north before school, my parents are moving south, and so it was one of those deals where it's like, "Hey, I'll see you guys next next fall or winter break or whatever." So it was very.
1: That's great. You know, um, my sister lives in Parkland, Florida. So whenever I need to get out to the Fort Lauderdale airport instead of staying with my folks, I'll stay at her house so I could get there quicker. Yeah. I need to fly out of Fort Lauderdale airport
0: yeah absolutely absolutely so um you've also released a full-length album this year um was yes. that uh shine correct that shine. was like right at the beginning of the pandemic
1: yes um so it was, it was kind of a nutty situation like uh, all of my you know re- release stuff my promo um it was released April really mm-hmm. so like March rolls around, like we're hearing about the pandemic. It's in China. It starts reaching the states. Nobody knows. They're like, "Don't go to New York," mm. and then um, <laughs> you know, we don't know it's going to spread everywhere. So I'm like, okay. Um, I'm like, I still am slotted to release this album. I have my PR folks on board. I have everybody on board. We're we're ready to do this. So a lot of my interviews shifted to this sort of thing, to like Zoom, mm. Facebook Live, IG Live, which is fun, very fun. Also, really, I'm so thankful to be living in a time period. Where we can even have this connection, because if there was this was a pandemic in the 19th century, it'd be a different story. Oh. Like it would be able to keep working, yeah. and so I'm I'm able to do my work and and talk about the the albums. And I was very fortunate that I received good acknowledgement from Billboard and American Songwriter and different publications. And that was recorded at the Cash Cabin Studio here in Hendersonville, Tennessee, and produced by my husband John Carter Cash and. Um, I would describe it as a fusion between pop, country, Americana, and jazz. So there are a lot of story songs on there. I got to be very collaborative. I worked with several different writers. Um, I've got swampy murder ballads in there. I've got like songs about empowerment. Um, the first single was Broken Roses. And Broken Roses, we created a video for It's on YouTube. And it's helps bring awareness to mental health and it helps br- break the stigma. So it details the deterioration of a love relationship in, in a ballad. So, yeah.
0: So for the um, like song selection process for shine, did you specifically write for that album or did you already kind of have stuff written and it was just like, okay. And you just kind of cherry picked what you liked for the album.
1: I'd say, I'd say the second. So I, I wrote a bunch of songs either just on my own or with different co-writers and really um s- several songs didn't make it on the album not because they were necessarily not strong enough it just it, it wasn't cohesive with the entire picture so when i mm-hmm. sat down with john who's my producer slash husband <laughs> you know we kind of work works out that way um he was brutally honest with me i'd be in love with the song he'd be like it's it just doesn't fit like people are gonna listen to the whole thing cohesive cohesively and be like okay this one's sticking out it's a beautiful song but it doesn't go with the whole picture so yeah. we we made sure to really pick something that could transition well from track to track
0: nice and it it, it was that because you also pressed it on vinyl correct you did a vinyl pressing. yes
1: yeah. so there's is, a side is that why you... think... yes it was it's always been my intention to do vinyl i, I kind mm-hmm. of really dig vinyl i have a vinyl mm-hmm. collection myself and I have this thing for like colorful vinyl. So Mm -hmm. the the vinyl is burnt orange and I'm selling it on Amazon and Bandcamp. And it's also on my website, AnnaChristinaCash.com in my merch section, but it's burnt orange. And I thought that was so fun because shine, you know, and then pictures are kind of like the sunset or sunrise. I'm like, how cool would it be? And to create an orange disc and Gina Binkley who did the art packaging for that did a wonderful job with the vinyl. There's a CD version too, but Um, I feel like people miss holding on to tangible things like CD and vinyl sometimes and more so vinyl these days.
0: Vinyl, what I like about vinyl and I've been on this kick for the last two years or so. Anytime I go to a show, if the artist has vinyl, I'll buy the vinyl just because I like that piece of art. Now if like the vinyl cover isn't anything special. Like if it's not like a, you know, just not anything special I'll probably just go ahead and buy the CD, but like if they have like album art and co, you know, like a sleeve and just like art on it, I'll go ahead and buy the vinyl just because
1: You're a should. good fan. That's a, that's a good man right there. That's good you support artists and their vinyl. Thank you. <laughs>
0: yeah, absolutely. Well, and I just got an email from one of the bands we had on the podcast earlier in the pandemic. They finally released the vinyl pressings of their album and the Vinyl itself is tie dye.
1: Oh, that is so cool!
0: Yeah, I'm sitting there. Cool. I'm like, I kind, I just like, I wouldn't even because I don't like when I buy the vinyl, I don't ever open it. Like I leave it in the plastic sleeve and then I just kind of let it sit there. Yeah, I, I don't want to like ruin it and whatnot. But it's like if I buy that, I'm gonna want to open it because I'm gonna just want to see the tie dye
1: on the turntable. Oh, that's that's pretty cool. What's the name of that band?
0: Uh, Ghost Town Remedy
1: ghost town remedy i will check them out and i will they're buy they're
0: actually uh, based out of nashville too so Are they?
1: Yeah. Ghost, town, ghost town remedy
0: yeah
1: oh, ghost town remedy cool i'll remember that and talk about the colored vinyl and like shine being the burnt orange like shine and the sunset and all that so i'm again on that colorful vinyl kick like with my christmas collection that i released in 2018 mm-hmm. the full length holiday album um you either have the choice of buying a green vinyl disc mm-hmm. Or a red vinyl disc, or you can ask for it to be a surprise. If you just like want to want it to be like a surprise in the mail, so people mm-hmm. can order it and they're like, I don't know if I'm going to get red or green. So it's like an anxiety thing. I don't yeah. know. <laughs>
0: that's that's really cool. You know, it's I've seen some bands do that where they'll have like just the standard black vinyl, and then they'll have like a like whatever their primary colors for the album is. So if it's red and green, we'll stay with they'll do the red as like a short print. So like only like 200 copies or whatever. And then they'll do the green is a really short print just so
1: yeah. like
0: kind of collector's keep, items.
1: Keep things interesting, you know, like I did a, a special edition sign limited edition, something like that too. And sometimes the CDs like all sell out of those, like the holiday ones and also for shine, like as stocking stuffers and things like that. Like people still want like small things to get people, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. That,
1: that's been interesting too to see that people are actively yeah. buying vinyl, buying CDs, and you know, yeah. still downloading digitally and but streaming is the big thing, of course, now everyone's yeah. streaming because it's absolutely. just easy.
0: Was there concern about releasing shine? Like especially during the beginning of the pandemic in April, like it was. Did you have concern about releasing shine? Or did you have did you want to were you was there any thought about Pushing it until you kind of knew what was going to happen, or was it just like, no, we've been promoting it for this time. We're going to just go ahead and release it.
1: Well, it's interesting at, at that time when I was like about to release, I had anxiety about about like everything. I didn't know what I think we all did. <laughs> you yeah. know what the heck was going to happen. I was like, um, yeah, it, it's. I had been telling people for a while, and it was already slotted in the, you know, in the tech on the technical side to have it mm-hmm. released in April. So. I had no choice but to release it. I didn't want to pull it, you know, and mm. I already had leads with interviews and everything like that. So I didn't yeah. want to cancel those. And, yeah. and unfortunately, a few of my live shows got canceled. And I wanted to do like an album release thing. I couldn't do that live. Yeah. Um, but I had a Grand Ole Opry date that was canceled. I was really sad about that, but they keep saying they're going to reschedule. So I'm hope- hoping early 2021 is what they're yeah. saying now. <laughs> um, but I made my Grand Ole Opry debut last year in 2019 as an artist for the first time, and that was really, that was really um, special for me. And I'd performed on the show, just either singing harmonies or just duets with people, but never with my own music that I wrote as an artist. So that that night meant a lot to me last year. Yeah,
0: was, the I've only been to the Opry once, and it was back in January before everything kind of went lockdown um we were working with some local musicians uh we were actually driving to the keys so we drove from texas up to nashville and then down to the keys we're wow crazy people No, oh, that um,
1: sounds like a good time
0: yeah. <laughs> and so we like usually when i we do stuff like that it's book the days as jam-packed full as we can and you know just so we can get as much work done and luckily one day the space we were using there, like, look, we can't let you in until 2 PM. It's kind of our house rules on a Sunday. And I'm like, okay, fine. And it was like, well, let's go to the Opry. And we went to the Opry and there wasn't anybody playing, unfortunately, but um, yeah, it was, it was fun though. It was like, we got to walk around and like see, a little bit of everything and it's just like maybe one day we'll actually get to go to a show
1: yeah nashville's is it's really booming right now it's pretty crazy the first time i visited was 2007 Mm -hmm. and get this insanity and how how life just works in very strange ways i was supposed to work with a producer that lived in hendersonville where i where i currently live now and i was i remember thinking just being a a person from miami where the heck is henderson (laughs) though like i get I got to Hendersonville and I think my mom was with me at the time or something like that she took the trip with me we stayed at the Hyatt in Hendersonville and I met with this producer it didn't pan out didn't get to work there but I got to take several meetings and I drove around Hendersonville and Hendersonville was was even more rural at the time there was nothing going on in like as much as there is now in 2007 so I remember being like okay this is like quirky quiet little town and just boom years later it's like I find myself living in that town
0: I thought you're going I thought you were going to say he's your neighbor now the agent you first
1: No, he so he moved to Los Angeles and we've kept okay. in touch sporadically, you know what I mean, but he's a, a producer that worked specifically with a lot of Latin artists wanting to sing country music. Mm-hmm. So it was a very specified um niche thing. He worked a lot with Sony, which was my record label That's, prior yeah. to the time that I was independent and everything. Um but yeah, I, I met him a few years just after my Sony situation was finished when the merger happened and just the irony of that is incredible and if, if you want to hear something else that's yes. totally crazy so yes. I, I am not psychic but I asked my friend um, who was traveling to Japan
0: mm-hmm.
1: for masks before the pandemic happened just like probably six months before we even heard anything about coronavirus I'm like can mm-hmm. you please bring back face masks for my daughter and I just in case there's a pandemic yeah <laughs> she reminds she reminds me now she's like that's really freaky that's really scary that yeah. you end up. and I was joking but you know
0: mm-hmm. oh well that's I, I mean sometimes that intuition just kind of kicks in and
1: sometimes you know maybe maybe it wasn't intuition maybe I shouldn't ignore it maybe it was real
0: yeah yeah but um so since we're on the topic of the pandemic you know i try and go as far into these interviews anymore without bringing up the pandemic but, um, <laughs>
1: Sorry, that's all i ever talk about <laughs>
0: it, yeah, well i mean it's unavoidable but um so at the beginning of the pandemic you kind of released or you released shine what have you been doing since obviously you've been working on the christmas single and all that stuff, but have you been doing anything to kind of challenge yourself creatively? Like, have you been looking at other genres, learning how to play an instrument, like some kind of random instrument? Have you been doing anything to kind of challenge yourself during this time?
1: I have actually, I've been um, setting a lot of jazz songs. I want to do a jazz album next. So that's, um, I'm actually working on an EP that's more of like a country pop thing again, but an EP form. So I've been recording that. I wouldn't say that that's a challenge necessary, but the jazz stuff is, even though I grew up listening to a lot of jazz, but I've been challenging myself in another way, which is cooking. So okay. I always cooked. And now I don't know if it's my nerves or something, but it's like a super creative outlet for me. Mm-hmm. Cause I feel like I can control what's going into my food. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's like, people are cooking a lot more. Cause like, I don't want to get carry out all the time. If I yeah. can't have the experience of like going to a restaurant really, or yeah, much yeah. Of that. like and some people are, and I respect that, but I, I try to minimize that because just because yeah. that's who I am. I just kinda of <laughs> want to stay home right now.
0: I've, um, only been, I've only been out to eat like twice since March. Yeah,
1: same, same. And so it. Just- if- I, I downloaded the food network app and okay. I've started just finding things that I like. I'm like, I don't know if this is going to be easy or hard, but I'm just going to like buy the in- ingredients and just jam with it. And my like, my family's like so happy with me right now. Like my husband and my stepkids and my little daughter, they're like, this is the best. I'm like, well, you know, is that and-
0: where the I- uh, YouTube videos that you were doing there for a little bit? Kind yeah. of okay. Yes.
1: Yeah, so I did in the kitchen with Anna, which was a, a small series I was doing that I want to, I want to kick up and do again. So I have to okay. like, just dream up some recipes and shoot more in the kitchen with Anna stuff. Because I, I have a little bit of a demand for it. Like some, some people were more like attuned to that than even my music, which is weird, you know? (laughs) So it's like, am I like a a food network chef chef in the making and like not a vocalist? I don't know. Like maybe this pandemic is switching my career. I don't really know, but
0: (laughs) you never, I mean, never
1: know. I don't know, but I, I know that I enjoy cooking and I realize that I, I now have a, like a repertoire just like songs of like recipes and it's mm-hmm. and it's kind of crazy i'm really enjoying that
0: what's your uh, favorite thing to cook right so
1: i love um like a, a chicken marsala mm-hmm. kind of thing like i love italian cooking um a good lasagna really okay. and just like homemade sauce i make homemade sauce just just comfort foods i would say things that are are simple enough but might still be time consuming because of all the chopping and everything um mm-hmm. I made a chicken pot pie tonight. That was really fun. Nice.
0: Yeah.
1: And again, I'm really into just the comfort foods and everything. Yeah.
0: It's a, I do a little bit of cooking. I kind of stick with the more country traditional stuff. Well, that's like, cool. So like where it doesn't have to be quite as refined and, you know, like I could, if I don't feel like mincing onions, I could just put like big chunks of onions in and it's good. Oh, yeah. It's good. yeah. <laughs> um, and it, it's basically because my dad's uh, dad spent a lot of his childhood in Kentucky and that's where his uh, mother li- or his grandmother lived. And yeah, so he picked up a lot of those types of dishes in Kentucky. And
1: so- that's awesome. I wonder if you know my I know my husband would definitely know but um, there's a very special soup that they do in Kentucky. I forget the name of it now. But it's like, it's like a very special, just only Kentucky very like, Oh, i'm
0: sure my da- if my dad's listening right now he's probably screaming
1: he's probably screaming it's like one of those answers like you need a lifeline on like who wants to be a millionaire you know
0: yep i, I don't know if
1: you see any comments on your on your facebook right now but um but there's a yeah what's that special Kentucky
0: uh, kentucky burgoo
1: maybe yes 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 who said it who said it i'm not like uh,
0: I, google i just
1: okay i was like
0: kentucky stew
1: yeah, it's and it's like one of the best things I've ever tried in my life. And, um, you know, R- Loretta Lynn records a lot at our studio, The Cabin. She's from Kentucky. She's mm-hmm. Kentucky's darling. So yeah. I've, I've done some shows in Kentucky. I've, I've performed at the Kentucky Castle mm-hmm. uh, for an event, a charity event, and, you know, just, just different things. So I am familiar with Kentucky.
0: Nice. Awesome. So what's kind of the your work you mentioned that you were working on another country EP uh how far into that are you currently
1: so I've got about three songs recorded and Mm -hmm. I want to record three more but I'm still selecting the next three but I want what I like to do is I write I like to write several songs before I pick the ones that I want to do Mm -hmm. but I'm I'm excited about it it's It's kind of like Shine, but it's instead of being more on the on the spectrum of having the the jazz and blues influence, it's more pop country, I would say. So more along the lines, if I compare it to anything that it may sound like on Shine, I'd say more along the lines of like Tug of War, Where the Muscadine Grows, like those kind of songs I have on that record.
0: That sounds really exciting. Um, So for the three songs that you haven't recorded yet, do you already know what they are or Is it, is that, I have
1: have no idea. (laughs) (laughs) I I am just winging it. I am just winging it. And, um, you know, I kind of wait till the inspiration comes. I've, I've had to just kind of multitask and, you know, just deal with life. It's life is very different right now. So Mm -hmm. I've kind of had a a lot more responsibility. I feel, you know, so I, yes, I am very creative, but I don't, I don't feel like I have the luxury to be creative every day also.
0: How do you kind of balance being a mother, being a wife and being a musician?
1: I think setting aside time for different things. And Mm -hmm. I really, I believe as an artist, regardless of whether you were single or married or just have big family, small family, I think you need to set some time to be alone in a room or in a, in your own space with your instruments and kind of think things through because we kind of need to like meditate and, and figure what we want to say because as writers, we always have a message. And unless we dig deep and we, we kind of cancel it, cancel the noise of the world mm-hmm. around us, yeah. it's hard to be in tune with that divine sort of spirit that comes in, like that divine intervention that I, I love. Like sometimes I'm just alone mm-hmm. <clears throat> and the strangest inspiration will occur to me and things will start writing themselves. I'm like, I don't, so I'll look back. I'm like, I didn't write this. What was that? You know, it's like a spirit, it's mm-hmm. crazy.
0: It's, yeah. Well, you'd mentioned, um, just kind of taking that time to yourself, no matter what is going on. And I just kind of had a, one of those experiences to like about an hour before we jumped on the podcast, I was working and I was in meetings all day and it was just chaos, like my brain chaos, chaos, chaos. And I knew I had this interview coming up and I'm like, all right, I can't go into this interview full chaos mode because that's when things go awry you know like just my and i start asking stupid questions or you know whatever and so i took four minutes and i just kind of went over into the corner and i closed my eyes and just felt my neck lay across the uh the back rest of the chair and i blanked out for like two minutes and i woke up and it. Well, I say wake up, but, you know, I just kind of came to, and I was like, okay, I'm ready to go. Like I, for whatever those two minutes just kind of reset me. So
1: we kind of need it. And like, I don't know if this is out there, but if anyone needs peace, I've really rediscovered Enya who I've listened to before. Mm -hmm. And I feel like her kind of music, which is Celtic, um, puts me in like a meditative state you know I kind of listen to her and that helps me and like people have that calm app but that wouldn't calm me down I know me so yeah. I have to listen to like peaceful music to calm down
0: yeah.
1: I, well, I can't click on an app that says like it's gonna calm me down because yeah. I'm gonna get anxiety over that
0: yeah it's it's really I've done that exact same thing like I've got one of those soother apps on my phone like if I've got a headache or something and it's like okay well I'm gonna turn on I feel like rainstorm or the jungle or whatever is going to calm me down <laughs> and then I'm just sitting there and then all of a sudden like a frog will croak and it's like <laughs> nope that's not going to work
1: yeah yeah that's but yeah exactly that I don't know so different things work for different people and again music I'm very fortunate that music has been my outlet for a lot of things when things have um been difficult in my life I've turned to music as a cathartic vehicle vehicle when things have been happy in my life, I've used it as a um, celebratory tool. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, so it's it's just always been there for me. It's been there for me forever, music.
0: Absolutely. Um, What advice do you have for younger musicians that are either just getting started exploring themselves creatively, or they're kind of on the verge of making that next step, like whatever that next step may be, What advice do you have for them?
1: i say work on your career or your craft a little bit every day. You know, if you're able to dedicate hours to practicing or hours to songs or or vocalizing, sure, if it's five minutes, 15 minutes, that's okay, too. Don't put pressure on yourself. But make sure to work in increments every day toward discovering something new about your artistry or just working on it. Um, I would say... Getting it out there is just as important. I think just getting your music out there because there are so many talented artists that are unfortunately unheard because they don't have the ability to um, help promote their work, and and also artists are are very sensitive. We're sensitive people. We're sensitive beings. We wear our hearts on our sleeve, but then we're expected to be tough because it's a very tough business. It's a tough yeah. industry. So it's it's kind of a juxtaposition that I've never understood. But you have to be sensitive and flexible and Mm -hmm. tough at the same time so it's a very it takes a very special person to pursue music when it's so you know when you don't really know what's going to happen so there will be a lot of naysayers I will say a lot of people that will criticize and it doesn't always come from a good place and I just say tune them out Mm -hmm. you know (laughs) tune them out and and do your own thing do you be, be truthful be honest to yourself because a lot of people You know if they're going to be that critical if they're going to be that mean um it's because they have a problem with themselves i've learned that absolutely a lot a lot of people will try to discredit your work and dismantle what you've created when you start rising
0: have you had anybody try and discredit your work
1: um most certainly throughout my life i would say um you know earlier i think in my career when i was younger when i was 15 and when i was with the label um A lot of people would just try to bring songs to me you know which which was fine you know everyone Mm -hmm. wanted their song to be sung by an artist on a label but a lot of people would be like um oh you don't have much experience writing yet or like just different like things like that and you're you're so young you're so young you know what i mean or or as you get older it's like oh but you're not as young you know what i mean so oh people are always going to have a problem with something and that's not a reflection of you i've learned that's a reflection of themselves so i've Mm -hmm. had to learn that the hard way and without sounding, sounding whiny about it I think it's important to tell young artists that are developing their craft that because there will always be someone that's kind of just annoying
0: yeah <laughs> so. yeah I, I completely get it like it's it there's always somebody like there's always somebody out there that
1: any business any business
0: yeah, they, they, it, it, nothing's ever going to be quite good enough like Nothing-
1: be good enough but you, kn- you know your truth and I I know my truth and it's about doing what what feels right it's just doing the next right thing
0: mm-hmm. absolutely absolutely so you kind of answered this question already but what do you do to kind of get away from everything like in your own personal time to get away from everything what's kind of your hobbies well what's yeah
1: well, I love to exercise. I have a Peloton bike at home. So I will kind of put like my Bluetooth headphones on and I will pick one of those classes, whether it's, you know, an all country and all pop. Um, I'll I'll do like a 2000s, like hits one or something fun. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> and I kind of tune the world out that way. And I try to maintain a healthy lifestyle. And other than that, I think just you know, just hot chamomile tea. My mom always used to give me to soothe my nerves when I was when I was young, like I just, I drink tea, herbal tea before I go to bed every night. And that kind of just like, you know,
0: mm-hmm. gets
1: me in a nice place before I say goodbye to the day. So I think that hopefully that answers your question. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. no, that was perfect. Yeah. Um, But I don't want to keep you too much longer because it's Friday, even though it's during the pandemic. It's Friday. I just realized it was Friday. I'm
1: not going anywhere. So this is the most excitement I've had. Trust me. <laughs> I, I, literally, I literally.
0: I <laughs> literally looked up at my little clock thing and it says Friday, and I'm like, oh, it really is Friday. I did not
1: realize. <laughs> I don't even know what day it is. <laughs> yeah,
0: I, like that's a, the constant struggle. Like just you know, I work from home now. I've been working home since from home since March, and it's just kind of like. I don't know. It could have been a month. It could have been eight months. I don't I don't really know how long I've been working from homes because it all kind of starts to run together.
1: Exactly. Um,
0: so um when there isn't a global pandemic going on, how often are you usually out doing shows? How often do you perform live? You know?
1: I mean, I feel like in Nashville is every month or every other month. We were doing um John and I, if it wasn't our original music or performing separately or together or just like doing one set of like my stuff and then one set of his stuff mm-hmm. locally. Um, we were doing shows at the Country Music Hall of Fame for European tour groups that okay. had to do with telling the story of his you know, dad's life and history and all of that. And that was almost every week for a certain time period. And we we hugged people, shook hands, signed autographs, um, just extremely close, like <laughs> physical mm-hmm. ratio to my face. Everyone was, you know what I mean? And now it feels like yeah. Um, I don't, I don't really have that, you know, and, and I, I just remember that closeless closeness and what it was like to be that close mm. to people. And, and it's, it's crazy how, like, you don't take it for granted. I ne- I've never taken performing for granted. Mm. It just becomes something you do all the time and you enjoy it, but you never think it's going to go away.
0: Yeah,
1: You know what I mean? You never think this is the last time I'm going to do this for a while. So that sunk in and I only have my memories really. <laughs> it's
0: like,
1: I've, it sounds tragic, but yeah.
0: Have you been doing any of the like virtual shows since the pandemic or is that? Oh not- yeah.
1: Yeah, definitely. I've been doing a lot of those on my own or just like with different organizations like Nashville meets London, America. I did one with American songwriter. Mm-hmm. I did one with Martin guitars. Mm-hmm. So I've been, you know, associated with various companies doing a lot of these shows. Right.
0: Been What's been the biggest learning curve as far as doing shows virtually versus in person,
1: virtually versus in person, um, I I would say it's it's just fun when it's like a live feed thing. It's fun to see the comments. The challenge is like what, like what we had today earlier was the t- t- the connection, like you know, yeah. internet connection, having the right connection, making sure um, you know, and
0: making um, sure the feed didn't die because if it's I, just you by yourself you could be sitting there play for an hour and realize, Oh, my internet died five minutes in.
1: Exactly. Exactly. So I think that's, that's the challenge. And just remembering what day of the week it is for, for like, <laughs> for like an interview. I feel like if, when I had places to go, I don't, I don't know if you feel the same way or if other people do, I feel, I feel like I was accountable to like knowing that I had to get in the car and go here and go there. And now it's just like, you know, I could have, like a performance shirt on or or a dress. And then I can have PJs on the bottom because like nobody can tell, you know what I mean?
0: So (laughs) So it's
1: kind of more comfortable actually.
0: Yeah, that was something that I struggled with early on. Like just, oh, I don't have to be anywhere. So I'm going to just kind of walk. Like I was in a very bad habit of, okay, I got to be clocking for work at 930. Set my alarm for 925, roll out of bed, turn my computer on. Hey guys, I'm here. And then start making breakfast. And like just not having any sort of form to my day other than yeah, like I have to be in front of my computer from nine thirty to five thirty, six thirty, whatever it is, you know.
1: Yeah, definitely. It's I think I think that's part of the challenge, you know, but at the same time boy, am I grateful to even have any sort of human connection other than of course my family and everything yeah. so and we're all really careful we try to do the best we can with the hand washing and everything but um you know yeah. we're, we're doing it we're doing it
0: absolutely. <laughs> absolutely you know I think the pandemics kind of affected different people different ways like um like if you have a family and stuff it, it, you know obviously, have people connect with on a daily basis, as far as like in human or in person connection. Whereas somebody that maybe lives by themselves, and if they end up working from home, you know that that's a completely different scenario. So it just kind of depends. Um,
1: there is something I do, that, I do want. I'm oh,
0: sorry. Sorry. Go ahead. Oh, no good ahead. I, I was going to change its topic. So go ahead.
1: No worries. I was something I forgot to mention was before this all went down and before the whole world went to Zoom, mm-hmm. I've been working on a master's program via Zoom through the Harvard Extension School for Creative mm-hmm. Writing since after my daughter was born. So I'm almost graduated, I'm almost finished, but I've been on Zoom before the pandemic happened. So I cool. I felt like I had an advantage and then just life went to Zoom and stock went up for Zoom, yeah. big time in the stock yeah. market. And um, that's how I've lived my life for the past, few years actually
0: oh well (laughs) I I haven't been on zoom for the past few years I started using zoom in like January
1: January okay
0: yeah so it was just it was just one of those things where I wanted to start like we were having issues with the podcast it was like we were only doing one podcast a month because Mm -hmm. I was very much a stickler about in-person face-to-face conversations and I was like you know what I want to do more of these. And I threw out a question to my Facebook or the Facebook page. And they're like, use zoom, like do it through zoom. You can record it and you're good. And so then starting in January, it was like, all right, cool. And then we went into lockdown. It's like, all right, well, I guess I'm going to keep doing it this way for now. And, And yeah, we've released more podcasts in the last 60 days than we have in the last five years.
1: Yeah. It's, you know, it's amazing. It's a great technology. It works. And there's also FaceTime if you have an iPhone and that's Mm -hmm. been wonderful for my family. Like what, what's really hurt the most is not being able to see my family in Florida and they haven't seen their grandchild. They haven't seen my little three-year-old. And so I put grandma and grandpa on the phone for her and they sent her like little boxes of things. And and she says, thank you, grandma. Thank you, grandpa. Can I go to your house? And like, I don't know how to answer that, but she, I've told her in a, a very kid friendly kind of way what the pandemic is. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> you know, but you know, Good. I explain it's a bug. You know, some people have it, some people don't. We don't know who has it, who doesn't. You got to wash your hands, and
0: you got to be careful who you're around.
1: You got to be careful who you're around.
0: Yeah, because you just yeah. Um, so you haven't been had a ch- or you haven't gone back to Miami since everything kind of went down.
1: Not at all. I haven't gone anywhere. Um, just driving. I mean, we did a driving trip to South Carolina. Actually, I was trying to remember where we even went. (laughs) And also to to stay at his grandmother's old house in Virginia, John's grandmother's old house in in Virginia. We've gone there. Um, But we got to go to South Carolina, but stayed in a a situation where it was just kind of like an Airbnb thing. And we were a distance. It wasn't a hotel. So we've, we've done that. And they've been road trips, but we haven't gone on airplanes since. And I have to say, um, the last time I was on an airplane was the weekend of February the twenty-eighth, and I went to New York City, Mm -hmm. and I actually got a cold, and I went to the doctor, and the doctor couldn't believe. He's like, "Have you been to New York City, or I don't know what other cities were flagged at the time?" And I was like, "I was actually just in New York," and he got really scared. He's like, "Whoa, you're living on the edge." I'm like, "I'm I'm sorry, I didn't know." (laughs) You know what I mean? But i had a mask on at the time because they were saying it was circulating mm-hmm. i had an n95 i was really careful but it could have been coronavirus i don't really know maybe, yeah. maybe it was cold i mean i didn't get tested at the time i don't nobody really knew what well, was going
0: and on. i don't think in february tests were that readily available at that point no, in yeah
1: absolutely not so i don't know if i had it or not
0: yeah i'm actually really i'm actually kind of nervous because i'm taking a flight for the first time in December no well not the first time in my life but since everything kind of happened I'm um, actually going down to the Keys to visit my parents for the holidays the only reason I did it was because the flight to flight was so cheap I paid ended up paying 80 bucks round trip to yeah. go from Dallas to Fort Lauderdale and I'm like I was originally gonna drive but <laughs> I couldn't even make it to New Orleans for 80 bucks so I think right. I'm gonna just fly and risk it and now with everything kind of going on i'm like all right well i don't even know if they're gonna let me fly anymore like you know they're talking about another lockdown and all that stuff and it's like okay well we'll see what happens so
1: i think i read am i wrong in saying that chicago is going to be on a lockdown now or is that correct i think i read nope, that today
0: i just read that they the city of yeah. chicago is starting monday It's going on a 30-day lockdown
1: yeah, that's what I mean. So it's it's kind of crazy. Well, if I could offer any advice, you know, because I, I was kind of like a germaphobe before this started. So I have um usually little Ziploc bags with Clorox wipes mm-hmm. and, and I have disposable gloves so my, my hands don't touch the Clorox. And I sound totally crazy now to anyone that's listening to this, but not really because we're in the pandemic. Yeah. So I I would wipe down the seats and like the the armrests and the seat belts, you know, because mm-hmm. the buckles too, all of it if you have an n95 all the better if not just a mask is fine you can also get a face shield over your mask
0: yeah. and i've seen i've seen a lot of different strategies like even going to the grocery store there's this one lady that always goes and everything that she touches after she touches it she runs it with uh not Lysol but um like just disinfectant. uh the spray right.
1: yeah yeah uh, and i so, um, I use the spray version of hand sanitizer instead of the gel.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I feel like, um, you know, if, if I'm suspicious of like a doorknob now, I sound really crazy. Like really crazy. I don't know if someone out there relates, but like, I will just spray the doorknob.
0: Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, like, my, my only concern about the hand sanitizer is I was talking to a nurse. She was a music. I had her on the podcast yeah. a while back and she was also a nurse. And my only concern about overuse of hand sanitizer is the, yeah. you know, like your natural germs that are like the good bacteria and the bad bacteria can grow immunities to mm-hmm. the, the hand sanitizer. And
1: you're absolutely right. That's a fact. That is a fact. Actually, it's proven. Yeah. So that's scary to me too, you know, but I mean, what are we going to do? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so-
0: very, very true. Um, so pandemic, Kind of pending. You're working on the EP. Do you have any hopeful show? Well, you mentioned brought up that you were they were hoping to reschedule your uh, opery show for beginning of 2021. But do you have anything kind of on the books pending other than that, or what's kind of the plans moving forward?
1: Not right now. We always have contacts with different people at book shows in Europe and elsewhere and around the country, but. Nobody's really opened anything up. Like people are dealing with their own coronavirus fears. So I haven't heard anything about performing live in recent times other than um, the Opry that's slowly opening up. You know, at first they were doing just circle access and just certain people. And now they're opening it up to sort of like a social distance audience mm-hmm. and now kind of rebooking everything that's pending, like people like me that were canceled at the time.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Where's um, one place that you haven't had a chance to play yet that you really want to, like it could be a state. It, it doesn't really.
1: So I would absolutely love, love, love. When I've got this whole jazz thing together, I would love to do a show at the Carlisle in New York city. Okay. So it's a nice, you know, it's a historic hotel. Mm -hmm. It's very moody. It's, you know, a lot of great jazz acts have gone through there and, Birdland also New York would be cool but I I'd say the Carlisle just has this cool vibe you know and I've seen some shows there while I've had dinner and I would love to do an an intimate jazz set there.
0: Nice that'd be really cool it's it that you know I've only recently started listening to jazz as I've started doing um the live and amplified thing uh, we did like coverage for a jazz fest and stuff like that. And so I've really started like appreciating jazz for what it is and wishing that I had paid attention to my dad growing up because there's a jazz station in Chicago that he would always play. And it was just like, no, dad, I don't want to listen to this. Turn on the B96 top 40. I want to listen to the Britney Spears you know like whatever I was into or whatever I was listening to in the yeah. late 90s so but yeah I, it's just kind of like I wish I would have paid attention and
1: well say hi to the, the Florida Keys for me <laughs> that's my jam yeah. you know I miss my my Floridian key lime pie and my stone crabs and that's that's all I've got to so say we, about that. I'm very jealous
0: yep. we'll be <laughs> in uh we're usually they usually stay in the upper keys in uh Isla Murata oh yeah yeah.
1: So my nieces um have a friend that lives in Island Murata and they go mm-hmm. all the time. They just love it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Jeez. It's very promise. actually
1: diverse. Every island is is different. Like yeah, everything it, is different.
0: It really is, and it's like even weather wise, it's really crazy. Like I'll go down, or like there was one time, or a couple of years ago, I was driving down, and I was in Florida City. Weather was clear driving down to Isla morada, got to Isla morada. It was raining bananas, cats and dogs. And it was like five in the morning and I knew my parents weren't up at this point. So I was like, all right, well, I'm going to go drive down into the like the center part of the keys. Cause I don't usually go down there, like down towards marathon and a little bit further And that. It was just like pure. Yeah, it was perfect like it, no rain no nothing didn't look like it had rained and i'm like what is going on with this weird weather like it makes no sense to me
1: you know i don't know if you're going to venture out to homestead which is not far from florida city but um there's a tradition i always do with my family around the holidays and we go to Nosberry farm mm-hmm. and they're famous for their cinnamon rolls i don't know if you've ever tried them but um it's a mennonite family that's been running it for years and the lines are huge i don't know if the lines will be huge now you yeah. You can actually ship them to yourself nationwide anyway okay. I, feel, I feel like i'm advertising for them and they're not even paying me but um they had the best i, I love
0: cider rolls so i will definitely be
1: strawberry milkshakes too so um yeah it's like right on the way like from miami or whatnot it's like you know then you drive through florida city you're in the Keys, so it's not Nosberry farm is not far yeah.
0: awesome awesome well i want to thank you so much for jumping on the podcast i really appreciate that um do you have any plans of doing music, a music video or like a live performance video for your new single, uh, Melikaliki maka?
1: Yes, yeah, so we actually um, just released and American Songwriter did a, did a feature this week on Melikaliki and they premiered in the article, they premiered um, the acoustic video where I'm performing live. And I also did an unedited video on green screen. I have no idea what backdrop we're gonna put on it, but I have something coming. So That's
0: awesome. Awesome. I just wanted to say it again so I knew I know how to say it. And I'm You're
1: saying it right. Yes.
0: Perfect. Awesome. Because you know it's I sit there and it's like I don't want to sound like I'm trying to sing it because I can't sing worth anything. But oh. it's really the only way I could remember it. So but um where can everybody find you online? Where can they find your music? You know, all that fun stuff.
1: Sure. So I'm just Anna Christina Cash on pretty much almost everything. AnnaChristinaCash.com. Um, All of my socials, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube. I'm just Anna Christina Cash um, on Facebook as well. So just connect with me in that way. I'm on TikTok. Actually, that's the only one that's different. I'm Anna Christina Cash Music on TikTok. Awesome.
0: How how are you liking TikTok?
1: Well, it took me like, it was like a little oh. learning curve for me because I hadn't really done it. I don't know how to edit the little like videos yet, you know, but I've, I'm getting better at it. I just put a lot of my live performance stuff there. Or just just di- different snippets of um, videos. I've been doing this thing called Cash Cabin Live Sessions with Anna Christina Cash that I've been putting on my socials. And I've been performing, um, just putting out videos once a week, like from Shine or from the West Coast Sessions album, or like now I'm going to do, uh, the melakoliki mako one next week i'll put up and different things like that you know and it's been really fun and i think that's my way of coping with the fact that i can't do live shows for people i i dress up i put my makeup on i have one guitarist <laughs> at a distance and i perform to a camera and you know t- to me that's just getting the music out there and f- fulfilling my need to be a performer really so
0: absolutely i completely get it i completely get it i what i really got into tiktok and then they made that announcement that it might be going away and it was just like pulled back and then now it's just kind of like dang it now i gotta get myself back
1: yeah <laughs> and, i I don't know what happened with the fate of that was but i think it's around to stay
0: yep so. I, I think it is too but um once again i want to thank you so much for jumping on here it was really great sitting here to get to talk to you and get to know you even though we had a little bit of a connectivity issue at the beginning, I, we got it squared away and figured out. Um, but.
1: Yeah, I'm glad we figured it out this is a wonderful conversation and hello to the people of Waco also. And, you know, um, Have you
0: had a chance to play in Waco at all or is that. I,
1: I haven't had a chance to play in Waco at all, but I, w- I would love to, because it's where my niece went to, went to college at <laughs> Baylor university. And, I've only heard the best things about Waco and it's it's really changed my niece's life. So Waco is special to me because I love my niece.
0: (laughs) Waco is an awesome town. I've only been here a year, haven't really had a chance to see all that much, but uh, actually the most I saw of it was when my parents came to visit me in May and they're like, hey, let's go do something. And it's like, we're in the middle of a pandemic. I don't know what we're gonna be able to do, but-
1: You guys aren't far from Austin either, which is like a huge music hub also
0: actually that's where they flew into they flew in from austin i was like i think it'd be better if i just drove down to austin and met you there like it would yeah i <laughs> have a better time but who knows um but once again thank you so much for jumping on here i really appreciate it thank you everybody for tuning in and we will catch you guys later
1: thank you so much really appreciate it